0: Hello once again to another episode of Blockbusters Rewind. This episode is an interview that I conducted with Sean Hart quite a while ago now about his film Beach Pillows. And the reason that I'm releasing this one again is that there is another interview with him coming very soon where we talk about his latest film. So I hope that you guys will listen to this and enjoy what we have to say. Please do check out the film. It was very cool and actually put me in mind of Wes Anderson. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. And then we will see you again, as I said, quite soon for a sequel interview, as it were. Enjoy
1: the blokebusters podcast is a proud member of the pod bros network where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as sarcasm city worst millennials and late night gamers at podbros.com now sit back relax and enjoy another episode of the blokebusters
0: podcast tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again we've managed to snag ourselves a film director. I know, doing quite well for ourselves, aren't we? And we decided to sit down and talk to him about his latest film, called Beach Pillows, and see what sort of insight we could get into filmmaking and the state of cinema in general at the moment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you for downloading the Bloatbusters podcast. It's just Paul today, but I have decided to grab a hold of a couple of people who have been involved in a film that's come out recently called Beach Pillows. And those two people are...
1: This is Sean Hartopoulos, the writer and director of the movie. And I'm Pete Diani.
0: I played Ed in the uh, movie. All right. And guys, would you like to tell us... Just- I know because I've seen it, but we'd like to tell the other people what this film is about.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of a brother's keeper comedy set on Long Island, where we're both from. And it's about two best friends in their 20s, kind of very different personalities, growing up over the course of a summer full of kind of heartbreak and, and you know, crime and lawsuits and trials and, and self-discovery and, And they're just kind of learning things from each other in order to become whole people. Um, And, you know, it's in the spirit of of coming-of-age films like Mean Streets or With Now and I or The Graduate, um, even something like Husbands, which is about middle-aged men, but I always saw that as a little bit of a coming-of-age story. Um, So, yeah, very much the story of an artist, kind of where he comes from and, and, and how he became the 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 artist he is um i always liked those movies so i wanted to ha- make that be my first one
0: all right well i was going to say i got it written down here that it did kind of have a wes anderson feel to it i was by the end of it i was reminded of moonrise kingdom oh, wow. that kind of feel to the film so that's i'd say you did very well when it comes <laughs> to doing that.
1: that's that's really nice i mean he's uh you know, he's a great, I love everything he's ever done. Um There was never that. I, I think a lot of people are coming back around to him, Um but he's, he's great. He's always been an inspiration. And I think the, the, the films and literature that inspired him, um, had a big influence on me too. Uh, but yeah, I love that he makes personal movies kind of, and he incorporates people from his life into these stories and, and kind of creates his own worlds. Um, It's funny, uh, but I think there's an epidemic though today also because he's such an influential director of a lot of people kind of copying his style, which is so signature. My DP, you know, I storyboarded the movie and had a very specific point of view and and kind of a visual perspective on telling a story, but we would always, because he is such kind of a clear and and influential presence, uh, I'm I'm sure among most contemporary filmmakers, I, I would always say to my DP, okay, you know, how do we make it not look like a Wes Anderson movie? <laughs> um, because you know, Bottle Rocket was a, a, an inspiration, and it's it's a similar kind of brothers keeper story about where Wes is from. Um, so yeah, we wanted to make it our own tone and kind of our own, uh, yeah, our own setting, our just our own style, our own visu- visual presentation. But you know, he's someone who who really cares about. The, the way the shots are composed the way they're cut together uh I mean, there's just a lot of care in the filmmaking and i certainly sh- try to bring that level of kind of care and planning to 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 what i do and no i love his movies hopefully we're doing our own thing a little bit but um i i could certainly see see the parallel and i'm you know it's flattering i, I think he's great
0: well, yeah, I, obviously I didn't mean to say, well, you appear to be ripping off Wes Anderson here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that when it comes to the sort of coming-of-age stuff, yeah. you do tend to find similar themes in that. So- sure,
1: I think, uh, without a doubt, and what I tried to do with this one is just make it as personal and specific and real as possible, uh, based on my you know life and emotional experiences in order for it to be, one, unique, its own thing, but also relatable on that scale.
0: Right, yeah, well, I was going to ask you if there was a bit of a kernel of your own life in there, but obviously you just said that that is exactly what's in there, because it seemed to me, not really having dealt with it that much myself in my own life, so I I couldn't draw from my experiences of it, but it seemed to me to be one of the best portrayals of dealing with rejection and betrayal that I've seen put up on on cinema because this is possibly one of the most realistic reactions I would expect from someone under these circumstances obviously I'm not going to try and spoil it for people that haven't seen it but it was it was definitely the most human reaction I've seen in Film to this sort of thing, and so I was going to ask if maybe something had happened to you that uh, you drew upon for for this, or or if it was all down to the fantastic performances in the film.
1: Well, thank you, thanks for saying all of that. That's that's really that means a lot to me. I'm glad it you know it affected you in that way. Uh, I'll say a little, and then maybe Pete can chime in because he's you know my friend from high school and kind of is aware of maybe the reality of a lot of this, but. In terms of, you know, the heartbreak he suffers in in the first 20 minutes and being cuckolded by his, you know, longtime girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I'm giving it away, but it's more about, you know, the scene itself is, is kind of surprising. And that's in the uh, description of the film, oh, I think. <laughs>
0: uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um
1: I, I honestly, I, I do enjoy keeping that a secret. I think most people come in relatively uninitiated and and are surprised by that and, and, and affected. But anyway... um. The, I didn't specifically. I'm currently married to a girl I was with for ten years, so it's not her. But I experienced <laughs> kind of heartbreak in high school, and I think everybody does at some point. So I just drew on the emotion, the emotional experience of that. And then, as I was writing the scene specifically um, where Morgan, you know, yeah, is hit with this, um, I I just tried to make myself and the audience feel the way that I felt with what I was writing. Um, So that was kind of, you know, that was basically invented, but I I very much felt like I was in his shoes and, and, and it it felt real to me. And, and, and I've, I've dealt with that heartbreak as I'm sure everybody has.
0: We had friends go through that kind of stuff, especially in high school. I think everybody's friends go through.
1: Yeah, high school, maybe maybe more than not. This, we we're kind of raising the stakes because he's out of college and, and there's so much more at stake, he's kind of ready to marry her. But, um, right. yeah, high school, No, you know, everybody's kind of looking for a better deal, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think everybody everybody's experienced well, it. And it. And it was a great catalyst for this person to reevaluate um, his entire life. And kind of figure out what was going to give it value, um, because all he put, he put the whole value of his life into this relationship, because you know he wasn't satisfied at work or you know really in any other aspect. Um, so it, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about what what makes what gives your life value, and uh, I, I think you have to find that before you're, anybody else is going to be happy with you, because if you're not kind of happy with yourself on your own. Um, I don't know how much it's the rest of it's going to work, but there. Do you want to talk about what might be real in the movie, Pete? Without getting too, I mean, the a lot of stuff that was uh, like that I felt was was pretty real. I mean, um, or based on our lives. I mean that you know the the thing with the breaking the the, the breaking the mailbox with the with the skateboard that you know we cut school one day and. Yep. kind of these kids I don't know if they threw water balloons but they were giving us a hard yeah. time some young kids and I think I got out and, and stole their skateboard <laughs> and broke the nearest mailbox with it and uh and then we quickly realized well that probably wasn't even their mailbox yeah. um <laughs> so stuff like that and, and and then that scene where Nick gets decked down the stairs at the bar oh yeah
0: that happened that
1: happened to me uh, uh, you know, I was yeah, just that was, I was fun. yeah that was fun I was more just. <laughs> It was funny. I was talking with a friend at, this, at the bar, actually, that we shot that scene. And uh, this is years ago. And I was joking around with a, a friend kind of that I knew from home and then and then knew in college a little bit. But anyway, his friend thought we were serious and was like, you want to go outside? And I was, you know, drunk. And I was like, sure. So I turned around, walked out the door and immediately just just kind of blacked out and woke up on the ground with this kid on top of me swinging at my face and, and I'm kind of shielding myself with my hands and he, he's trying to bite my finger off. <laughs> um, huh. so, so that, I mean, those are the things, it's like they're so funny, why not put them in the movie and and, and build scenes around them and, and kind of, so yeah, no, they're very real and certainly the, a lot of the conversations were inspired by kind of discussion and banter amongst friends and um, the beach pillow, yeah. uh, Brian, our other friend Brian Kaslan and I you know, went to the beach one summer, like every day after, after work, um, maybe before senior year of college. And we just, you know, talked about what we want to do, talked about movies and kind of invented this beach pillow, um, as a real product. Um, but you know, neither of us were really going into, I don't know, retail. So, (laughs) so it, it became an interesting metaphor for kind of, um, creativity, and uh you know independence comfort all these things and yeah, i thought
0: it i thought it worked i remember them talking about this invention and uh i guess uh they never really involved me on the ground floor so i was a little perturbed <laughs> yeah
1: the scene in the pool <laughs> might <laughs> might have been pretty accurate to, to Pete's reaction um <laughs> where he's kind of challenging Nick um you know and it's uh, as it, it's fiction but like anything else it's it's right what you know and and for me, it was more about the, the way I was feeling after college, and um, the ten years really after college. I tried to keep it alive and, and kind of keep making it stronger um, and realer. So um, I'd say the emotional perspective it was is the the realest thing about it, um, you know. And inside of it, I just tried to to, to make myself again feel feel the way these characters felt with the words I was writing and then you know the hope is that audiences feel the same
0: well I'll I'll say that definitely watching the film I was shocked when the idea of the beach pillows came up and I thought how have I never seen this somewhere before (laughs) why doesn't this exist that's (laughs) funny yeah
1: I mean when we came up with it as far as I know you this is like 12 years ago maybe as far as I know um it didn't exist in the years since, you've seen websites and stuff on the internet. Even if you Google search the t- title of our movie, other products will come up. Uh, and even in, you know now I'm into the social media trying to promote the movie, movie. there's a, a lot of different people trying to sell beach pillows on, on Twitter. <laughs> but um, none of them look like ours, and none of them are kind of constructed the way Nick describes it. So right. I think we still occupy some original space, but... Um, it, it's crazy. It, we thought it was a great invention because whenever you're at the beach, you're you're just trying to get comfortable in the sand, and and it, it usually doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I still don't see it. <laughs> I still, I still don't. Uh... Still,
1: Pete still doesn't get the idea. Still so you can see down. how this. <laughs> he's like pretty con- contrary, and I'm not sure how much that comes across in the movie. But when you have somebody to bounce off of, it's just um, it's easy to kind of elaborate this dialogue
0: i guess yeah well i mean i i could always argue that since you guys came up with the idea but did nothing about it you were more the morgan <laughs> <laughs> and, and now now unfortunately other people have created them as you said not necessarily exactly the it's in the film yeah but they do exist in other forms so you kind of missed your opportunity there <laughs>
1: maybe yeah i wonder if we would have uh god i mean it's true but I, I consider having made the film to be, you know, my uh, product or output based on the idea. But um, maybe there's an opportunity for partnership if one of these people want to like give us a push and vice versa. I'm in, I'm into it.
0: There you go. Maybe reach out to them on Twitter and see if anyone bites. You never know. We'll see, man. I, Worth a shot. <laughs> I will say, I told uh, with regard to the name of the film, I told my wife mm. what what film it was, and that uh, I was going to talk to you, I told my sister-in-law, and I told my sister-in-law's husband. Uh-huh. All three of them came up with a different idea as to what the film Beach Pillows could be about. Um, my my yeah. wife was a little concerned that it might be something a little triple Clarks. X. Morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my sister-in-law immediately jumped to fat people on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and then my... Uh, brother-in-law i guess it would be thought that it was just about sand dunes so <laughs> <laughs> like, i i realized when talking to these people that just by saying beach pillows it doesn't tell you at all what this film is about and i right. actually like that
1: i I do too i'm glad you said that
0: because <laughs> I, I was thinking even going back to west anderson moonrise kingdom That film, you have no idea what that film is about based on that title. It's one of those films you go into and you have the experience just watching it, as opposed to, let's say, Die Hard 4. You know exactly what that film's going to be about. So it was good to be able to sit down and just watch this rite of passage, as it were. Obviously, it would be a delayed rite of passage this guy goes through, but a rite of passage, nevertheless. Uh, And I've always enjoyed the films that can just take it slow and let you come with it. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I appreciate
1: that. That's what, that's, you know, kind of what I was going for. Even with the other promotional materials of the movie, I'm very conscious of not trying to let too much out there uh, because, you know, the storytelling structure, so many trailers, for example, will just kind of tell the story the way it unfolds on the screen, just abbreviated. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why am I going to see the movie now? Um, so with the title, that's it. I love enigmatic titles, specifically two-word enigmatic titles like, uh, well, you mentioned Moonrise Kingdom, but there's also Bottle Rocket, Citizen Kane, uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, With Nail and I would be three words, but Mean Streets, Evidione, um God Scarecrow. I guess that's a compound one word, but um the last detail pretty much even the original die hard, you know before the subsequent uh title yeah uh, you know die hard that's and, and you don't really know what 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 that's about necessarily uh uh the first one anyway um
0: True. True. and
1: yeah. no i'm I'm all for that because the movies that have affected me the most i I didn't know much going into them, you know yeah. West I mean Royal Tenenbaums, I remember seeing in the theater, and you get okay, it's a movie about a family, but then it's just it's just kind of about everything. So um, I appreciate it. I think I think what hopefully it does is get people speculating on what it might be about and get them curious to see what it actually is about. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm with you on that one. I I appreciate those kind of titles.
0: No, oh, okay. I do think that uh, a slight side note. There's a film that has been crowdfunded now called Director's Cut, which is now in production, written by Penn Gillette. And Mm. the reason that it was crowdfunded, for the most part, is that he went to studios and they said, oh, it's too smart for Mm. your average cinema goer. We're not going to be able to sell the tickets. We're not going to take it. So Mm. I find it kind of sad that there are some films that will only get made through either crowdfunding or local studios picking them up Mm. where they do do this where they're either smarter or they will be slower and not as action-filled as your blockbusters Mm. and I've been kind of sad that Hollywood tends to now just be going for either your sequels or Mm. your next big thing rather than just making films like this which are more substance than just showing. Uh, not to say that the film doesn't look nice because it does it's a very nice looking film I, I appreciate the slight grittiness to it that you don't see very often but I was wondering actually did you have any parts of the film that you found difficult to write because obviously you were saying a lot of the conversations were able to just kind of flow from things you were drawing on that happened to you in real life but was there anything that you were kind of stuck on for a few days or were having real trouble with
1: um, that's an interesting question. First of all, I share your sentiments about kind of the <laughs> Hollywood system today. I think, you know, a lot of movies aren't getting made and, and kind of the ones that I think a lot of film fans love, which are personal movies. And, you know, if you have, give the director writer some control to, to tell a, a unique story, um, as opposed to an established property or a sequel or a comic book. Um, and, you know, I, I, Hopefully, it might be changing, kind of like the um, you know the the revival of the '70s in the U.S. But we shall see. I, I think everything's changing. Just the technology of the way movies are consumed is changing, so it's all it's all a little bit up in the air. So that's, I guess, all I'll say about that. You know, unless we get back onto it. But um, uh, you, was any part difficult to write? You know, uh, writing is for me. It's fun. It, it can be uh, emotional and, and a little exhausting, but if I'm, I, I don't think if I have a story to tell where I know kind of the way it starts and the way it ends and I, I kind of have an idea of the characters, which I usually try to do going in. I, I, there's not a lot of blockage because for me, I do a lot of my writing just you know walking around living. Um, I'm kind of always thinking about these stories um, throughout the day and late into the night so that when I sit down, it's pretty, I'm, I'm pretty much lubed up. I'm ready to go. Um, but uh, the difficult stuff, you know, the I would say maybe just the stuff with the parents. Um, right. Because that is, you know, the, it is very personal, and I tried to make it real. Um, but I was also very conscious of, I didn't want to make these, like the standard archetypal tropes of uh, blowhard parents, kind of who don't understand what this kid's going through. Yeah. Um, because to me, one... They're they're just older people. They've experienced these things before. They're just older people, and they are probably more like our main character than anyone else in the world. They just happen to love him so much and maybe more than themselves, so that creates a dynamic about the way they treat him. But it was important to me to get that right, to make it authentic, um, and to just... To make it real, which can be tough, because a lot of times it's funny to go the joke it's it's easy to go the joke jokey route. I think if you can make it real and also you know have the comedy come from the reality of it and you know the kind of tension and confusion and 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 love and all that other stuff then then it can be stronger um so that's something I maybe thought about and worked on um more than some of the other stuff. And then uh Yeah, that's it.
0: That's probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you you don't want to end up with there they tend to be either the almost army dad who's very straight exactly. on the kid or Well put. or the mother who's just doting on them and that you get a mixture of, of those and sometimes it flipped and you get, you get them the other way around. But yeah, it's very very difficult to not run into that if you're going to be making it the way I would put it is interesting to your average person, the, the person that doesn't want to go to the cinema and think they just want to go and be entertained. And of course, the most entertaining is your drill sergeant dad with the mother that loves you very much. And you, you don't want to fall into that if you're trying to actually get something across.
1: Yeah, because you know, people are generally much more than that. I mean, I think there is something to be said about a Yin Yang amongst just <laughs> couples or parents, uh, they they usually have dis- tend to have disparate personalities, and that's why they work as a team. Yeah. But um, no, you're right. People are pe- there's just so much about people. Um, I, I, I try to make them as three dimensional as possible, and really show that these people weren't the bane of Morgan's existence. He was more in his own way. They were just they just wanted to understand what he was going through. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that is what it is with most parents. (laughs) Yeah. Although I will say that my parents probably had a more interesting childhood than I did. I was just plain normal guy, didn't really do much. (laughs) My parents were more interesting than me, which isn't something I've I've seen running into a lot. You don't get that in cinema very often.
1: That's a good point, yeah. I mean, God, but it's true. I mean, you know, my mom... I feel the same. My mom grew up on a farm in Ireland uh, with, you know, 10 kids, and she came here when she was 18 to kind of, you know, for more opportunity because she lived in County Derry, Northern Ireland, and that was the time of the Troubles. Um, So she was a maid on Park Avenue, and she met my dad who was a waiter in Manhattan, and he, you know, his his parents were immigrants, and they they roughed it is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, So there's there's so much experience there to, to kind of... To disqualify it, or you know, say, well, they're just old people; they don't understand anything. It's like, well, they've been through a lot. They've been through a lot that we haven't been through. So, it's. I think we, we should pay attention, and there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's a little too preachy, but uh,
0: no, no, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's it's a I, good point. Very <laughs> yeah. good point. Well, uh, moving away from the parents, and I think um, I I came up with this question when I was talking to Adam Rifkin when we were able to talk to him. And I was thinking, most people are normally asked, you know, what was your favorite day on set? Like, you know, who was the best person to work with? I'm more interested in hearing, was there a day when nothing went right? Or just, uh, like, you reach the end of the day, and just like that was a waste of time. Like, right. was there ever a day where something went that wrong for you guys? Uh,
1: well, there were, some days were tougher than others. You know, we shot the movie in 20 days, and. Oh. Uh, I don't know was what the, the script, I mean, the. Was it the day it rained? Was a- weather was always tough because we needed to be outside a lot. And right. so we just have to flip stuff to, to based on weather. But a lot of times that created opportunities to look at, to approach shots in a different way. So you just have to be flexible and kind of be on your feet a little bit. The, the, the toughest day, which was also the best day, <laughs> the, the party was tough, but the last day, because we shot on the last day. Pete was there just watching and we shot that emotional scene at the car at night after the fight and, uh, you know, the stuff. And we actually (laughs) shot the fight outside the bar, them rolling around and getting into it with the, you know, the meathead and his girlfriend. And uh, we also shot the thing with the cop. So it was just a lot of emotional stuff for the last day, which maybe wasn't the smartest way to go about it. But I think, you know... I think it worked. I think it helped for the performance, and it was everybody felt like it was something we were building towards, and uh, it was it was emotional for the actors, and I think they, you know, it was tiring. They're 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 just going hard all day, really kind of dynamic, emotional scenes. Uh, so that was difficult, but it was really beautiful to watch too. And what made that day so great is when we wrapped at like I don't know three four in the morning, we all. The whole crew drove to the beach, Tobey Beach, where we shot, you know, one of the first scenes with Pete and and Vinny, and uh, we just we watched the sun come up and kind of just appreciated all the work we'd done. Um, so, yeah, usually on a small movie like this, you're going to have rough days, and on any movie, but you can't. We didn't have the option to say, uh, "Let's punt," or you know, "It's not happening today." We had to be productive, or. Yeah we weren't going to be able to tell our story. So yeah, I just had to, just had to hustle.
0: Well, that, that's good. I mean, I know that a lot of films have reached a point where because something happened that was uncontrollable, they then had to change one thing or another. And it even added to the film. So yeah. it's, it's, I didn't really think about how with the smaller shoot schedule that you need <laughs> to film something, no matter what. So yeah. it's uh, Oh, good to hear that. You learn new things every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just it was the way we had to do it. Unfortunately, I had a lot of time to plan, so I felt prepared. Maybe with a little more abbreviated uh, pre-production, we might have been in trouble. But I, I had a good idea of, of what we needed to do. Talk about
0: the scene in my apartment—that was pretty rough one.
1: Uh yeah what why my Pete's talking about the scene oh okay so Pete <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> that's a good one Morgan and Nick's apartment where um you know there's the scene after Morgan gets arrested and then they obviously live on those beds together yeah. um that we shot that in Pete's apartment in his actual apartment which is a few blocks away from me in Astoria Queens and his landlord who's just kind of a crazy lady um <laughs> just started just started well, she had given permission she gave us permission and, and this then
0: when the
1: crew showed up it was this the like crew showed up which often happens with a movie you know you'll say yeah you shoot here and they think it's like a college movie and then 50 people show up and uh things change and they start asking for money and making your life hell yeah. uh, so that happened yeah that was a, that um was a big one. i mean there were headaches throughout but for me it's like you can't any number of any anything on any given day could have could have been defeating if you would allow it to to defeat you. But I mean, at the end of the day, the job is I was I've raised this much money. I've got twenty days to tell the story. So you know, if you take a blow, you just got to keep moving forward um, because nobody nobody cares. The people who are nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> nobody cares. All all that matters is the movie that you make. Um, how hard it was, you know, with uh, you know, prime River. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that, I always find it interesting to hear what the challenges were because then you can really start to appreciate, well, if they had to deal with all this and then they were still able to get this film made, they were still able to do what they wanted, it's more of a, a nice story at the end rather than listening to everyone saying, oh, every day was great. Yeah. yeah we sat around and then we did a scene and everything. No, I I loved every day that I was on set. Pete had uh, fun. This was Pete's this first is my first ever acting role. So Oh, nice. Um <laughs> well done. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh so yeah, so I was having a great time just just experiencing it all, just kind of taking it all in. Um so yeah, uh, you know, I I guess obviously I wasn't, you know, it's not my baby. Uh my dream movie, you know, this was Sean's Sean's movie to make for, for a long time now. He's been trying to get it made, so uh, it, it meant a lot more to him. Not to say it didn't mean much to me. It meant a lot to me. But uh, I didn't deal with nearly half the pressures that Sean had to deal yeah. with. So, um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I had a so good time.
1: maybe one I, – I, I hesitate to even say this, but the biggest kind of comprehensive battle was maybe the last week of shooting – I heard, not even. I heard we were kind of backs against the wall in terms of our money, our budget. Right. And, but, you know, my line producer says, okay, you know, we're making it work. And I hadn't heard this. We shot for four weeks, 20 days. So I hadn't heard anything up until then, Given been given opportunities to make decisions, to cut costs, any of that. And then we wrap, and uh, the movie's in the can. I'm feeling great. My wife and I took a little, you know, went on a little vacation or something. And then um, I hear my cruise checks are bouncing and we're, you know, we don't have the money to pay these outstanding rental fees and all all this stuff. So basically I found myself in a position and this, uh, I hope it doesn't reflect negatively on, on the way we made the movie and kind of the planning, but we were over budget and I was left scrambling and I'll be honest, it was because of the line producer. He didn't have an idea of, of who I, you know, I'm not trying to call anyone out. I didn't credit a line producer in the uh, in the credits.
0: Good move. Cause, yeah, because
1: he didn't do anything. <laughs> but, uh, no, he just didn't, you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to know what you're spending and where we're at. This guy didn't know, and I didn't know that he didn't know until it was kind of too late. So I had to, you know, my wife and I had to go into the hole to pay people. We had to scramble, get some loans, raise some more money from our investors. Uh, But at the end of the, you know, on our scale, it wasn't like life shattering. Right. Uh, But it was a significant overage um, that was frustrating. But that didn't, that didn't uh, become known until, again, after we wrapped. So it's, it's kind of a different pickle there. Um, But yeah, that's all I'll say.
0: Oh yeah. You'd think, you know just a spreadsheet maybe <laughs> uh, exactly just like a
1: digital excel file like would just automate yeah, you know, automatically update the numbers it, it doesn't seem difficult and it's a, it's a shame because this is someone who i'd grown fairly close to and was kind of uh supportive of uh, as my whole crew and someone i felt had my back and vice versa and and then he just revealed himself to be a little bit incompetent there you know again it, uh could have been a lot worse i'm sure and most movies i think do go a lot further over budget you know we still got it on schedule still got it on schedule and we shot it for less than any movie that anybody's seen (laughs) like (laughs) recently but i don't think again i don't think it looks that way
0: no yeah i i would say and i i do hate to keep going back to him but yeah your wes anderson films it it looks the same sort of polish as that Mm -hmm. and i'm sure he had a bit of a bigger budget on his last few films so he had six million on bottle rocket exactly so i i'm going to assume this film didn't cost six million (laughs) dollars this
1: this cost significantly less than half a million dollars to make.
0: wow okay i'm (laughs) i'm genuinely surprised at that i would have imagined it would be a little bit more i mean I can only assume the 20-day shoot schedule meant that you weren't paying loads of people for a long shoot, so that probably helped. Yeah, <laughs> and people were working
1: generally for for scale um, and, and getting some equity. The act, You know, certainly the actors.
0: Yeah, that is one thing I have noticed when I came out of film studies at university is that it's kind of your catch-22. If you want any film experience you need to have been in film before so that they'll give you the job. So it's one of those ones where even if you're looking for unpaid work, you still need to have had some experience before they give it to you. So yeah, I can can understand this being one of those films where people were happy to do it because it's a fantastic story and then it'll help them build their work, which will give them the incentive to do the best work they can. So okay together.
1: <laughs> it is it, it's a lot of that. Yeah, people looking for opportunities, people responding to the material and just wanting to be a part of it. But I, I totally uh sympathize with your uh chicken egg paradox. How do you <laughs> get involved with a movie until you've been involved with one? I you know that that's been the battle, the decade long battle with right, you know, directing this film that I've written. Um and I think that problem's always going to be there. You know, I, the only advice I could give is to, you know, break through the wall however you have to. Like um if there's something that's not getting done that's keeping the movie from being made, just figure out what that is and how, how to accomplish it. Because, yeah, there are people whose titles designate that, okay, I'm, I, I could do this for you. But it's like, well, if, if those people don't want to do it for you, then you have to do it some other way. <laughs> so any, any port in a storm, basically. uh
0: well, I, I'll say I may not be directly involved in film, but doing this podcast and being able to talk to people like you and Adam Rifkin, I feel like I could say right now, you know, if you ever needed anyone to help out in Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm here, I could do something, I could even do a little bit of editing for no, you but- if you ever needed it, because I, I could you know, try and build up my work that way as well, so... <laughs> Yeah, not not that I am using this as an, opp- as an opportunity <laughs> to push don't, in. But... You know, we're all, we're
1: all hustling, so I don't mind.
0: The only other question that I had written down was, I was wondering if you were now handed a blank check and told, okay, you can do whatever film you want, if you want to write it or not, that's fine. Which actor or actress would you most want to go out and get to work with you? Is there anyone that you would just want to work with uh, no matter what? That's,
1: that's tough. Uh, there's so many great actors out there. Um, I was felt so grateful to have worked with, I'll disqualify my cast on the, on beach pillows just cause, uh, cause you've worked with them? cause I've worked with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I mean, I, I'm sure I love a lot of the same people as everyone else. I'm, uh, you know, I'm blown away by what DiCaprio did in, in it. Pretty much all of his work, but Wolf of Wall Street, I, I think that people should really recognize the kind of effort and uh, commitment that went into that. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, I know what movie I want to make next. I'd say I know the next few. Uh, I kind of have, I've got them written. So, oh, cool. uh, and I, I'm very, I mean, Jesus, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, all these guys that were so formative. And, in you know my filmmaking uh, education, uh, they would be great. Uh, even Richard E. Grant from Withnail and I uh, blows me away. And
0: oh yeah, he's a great actor.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, love him. Uh, Bill Murray, obviously. You know, Gene Hackman's done, but he's great. Um, Pacino, all those guys. But the, the, the new guy I love is Adam Driver on the show Girls, and he's he's been getting some opportunities. You know, he was in Lincoln, and I think he's in Scorsese's new movie Silence. Uh, he's been cast. Um, but I, I think he, he, uh, to me, he's evocative of a lot of those guys from the seventies and just in the emotional intensity and, and, um, that he, you know, he's got a different look about him that I think people maybe relate to or, or is more effective than just kind of a classic leading man. Um, so I would like to work with him on the next movie. Uh,
0: so uh,
1: I will, you know, and I, I'll hopefully be approaching him with that in the next couple of months. Um, uh, but
0: uh, well, I'm sure he's listening. So we'll, we'll put the word out for you. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> uh,
1: I don't think he's on the, on the internet very much, but no, he's, a shame. he's in New York. So we'll, I think we'll have a chance to get to him. But yeah, I mean, you know, Dustin Hoffman, so many great <clears> actors kind of been influenced pete any any favorites
0: uh nah, i think he covered them
1: just about let me let me think of any outliers that just might be getting avoided here uh
0: i, I well i would say if i could possibly go to any set and work with any actor uh-huh. i would just love to be on set with tom hanks for the day i think that yeah. his body of work is solid he seemed like such a great guy i just I just kind of want to be there, be around him and just, uh, enjoy knowing him for a day. You <laughs> sure. know that I, and
1: that's so, that's so important. I don't, I, a lot of these actors or Hollywood, Hollywood stars, I don't know if you always get a sense of the way they they are personally or kind of how they are under pressure, yeah. uh, which, you know, movie, a movie set is a high pressure situation. Um, just because of the time and money it's, you know, the money at stake, um, every moment, but, um, Day- right uh tom hanks is great and i would love to work with him i love his work and he seems like such a great person and i've got some stuff that i think he'd be great in so we'll see but uh yeah, yeah. pete mentioned daniel day lewis so he he's obviously incredible oh
0: yeah definitely one of the uh the best actors of this age i would say sure <laughs> and uh, like in lincoln that was uh that was one of my favorite films of the last couple of years so yeah yeah, that's... yeah it, feels, it feels like you're just you're not
1: watching an actor. You just you just feel like you're watching a historical document. So that's pretty imp- and a pretty impressive achievement, I think.
0: Yeah, like I I would say you can't look at Lincoln and think, oh, that's the guy from Gangs of New York. <laughs> that's not the guy from Gangs of New York. That's Lincoln. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> so... yeah, he's he's the best. Um, <laughs> God, I love this. is fun to talk about. I wish I had. Uh... <laughs> Wish I had some other ideas here, but um. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I, I'm probably going to have to wrap this up. Oh, that's no, right. Now, so I I do apologize for that, but uh, life gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, as as this film kind of kind of shows a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, great uh, tie up. Oh, well, thank you. I tried. <laughs> um, well, I'll just say thank you. Very much for taking the time out to doing this. I know that you're probably busy promoting the film right now, so it's very much appreciated.
1: <laughs> Our pleasure. Yeah, we're trying to be busy promoting it. We really believe in it and love it, and um, and want as many people to know about it as possible. So we're just we're just grateful for the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Oh, no, no problem. Uh, I will let you guys know when this is out, and then. Uh, obviously, you you can help me promote this, which will promote you. So there we go. <laughs> we we will push it.
1: Um, thank, yeah, and you know, tell tell everyone you know if you've, you, know, if you, if you, if you <laughs> And I I just appreciate it all you've said about the movie. You know, I uh, that's why I made it. So I'm happy. I'm happy it affected you that way.
0: Well, and. Uh, Happy to tell you.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks very much. And maybe we'll talk to you about your next project.
1: I'd love that. Have a great day, Paul. Good to know you.
0: Uh, good to know you too. Take care. Right, bye. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.
1: Brian here with a quick lesson in theater etiquette. We don't need to hear your comments after every single trailer.